Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Romans chapter 12, verse number one says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Or he could say it this way, I urge you, on the basis of the mercies of God. We talked about it in an earlier session that when he's talking about the mercies of God, he's talking about the mercies that he had just uh, identified and expounded on in the previous chapters. The book of Romans starts out with the condemnation, the judgment of God, the righteous judgment of God upon the ungodly. And then it goes from there into justification. So we go from condemnation to justification and it talks about even though they're none righteous, that God's way of man's being made righteous has now been revealed through the gospel. So we go from justification and we begin to talk about uh, sanctification over in the sixth chapter and the seventh chapter talks about how to deal with uh, with the natural uh, flesh and the, and the sin nature and so forth. So it goes from condemnation to justification. Thank God, aren't you glad he jumped from condemnation to justification and then to sanctification and then to glorification. And then in the latter chapters, right before chapter 12, he's talking about election, how the the nation of Israel and, and the program for God of God for Israel was set aside for the sake of the, of today's elect, the church would be brought in. He said that blindness is, is, has happened in part to Israel so that the Gentiles could be saved. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. That's part of the mercies of God. So that's what he's talking about when he said, I I urge you, therefore, on the basis of the mercies of God. Now, notice that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, the way we commonly use the word reasonable today in our English language, we read that to, and it sounds like he's saying that which is fitting or that which is appropriate, that we should present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable God to God, which is appropriate. It's befitting us and it's befitting God. Well, that is true. In light of the mercies of God, it is absolutely fitting and appropriate that we present our bodies a living sacrifice. But that's, even though that's true, that's really not what he's saying here. It is true, but that's just not what the verses say. When it says, which is your reasonable service, that word reasonable actually means like if a lot of you might see in the margin of your Bible that it says rational. If you've ever noticed that before, it means that which is done uh, intentionally as an act of your rational thinking. You could say it like this, presenting your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your thoughtful, rational thinking, intentional worship or service. I talked about the fact that In the denomination that I grew up in, we were considered a holiness congregation or a denomination as well as Pentecostal. And the emphasis on holiness was so often a list of things that we didn't do. We didn't do this. We didn't do that. Like the old saying says, you know, we don't uh, smoke, drink, cuss, or chew or run with girls who do. And, uh, 
And it was like once you came to a place where you crossed off all those things on your list that you weren't supposed to do anymore as a Christian, then you were holy. And so holiness wasn't something that, uh, like this scripture advocates, something that we do as our thoughtful, rational, intentional service to God. We just thought we were holy because we didn't do a lot of things. But this, this scripture talks about presenting our, our bodies intentionally. In other words, as an act of our conscious, uh, uh, intellectual, conscious will, an act of, of, uh, of will, a purposeful presenting of our bodies as a living sacrifice. This is something you have to do all the time. Because there are a lot of areas where the flesh wants to dominate us that might not be in those areas of, of what did I say, uh, smoking, drinking, cussing, and chewing. You know, it might, it might, how many of you have learned there are a lot of areas out there where your, where your body wants to get you in trouble, isn't that right? Amen. Go over with me to 1 Corinthians. This is really what sanctification is. This isn't part of my, my message this morning, but you can, you can turn there anyway. And go to... Uh, uh, go to the sixth chapter. Well, let's go to the ninth chapter first. We'll go to the sixth chapter in a minute. First Corinthians chapter nine, Paul made this statement. Now we're talking about presenting your body as a living sacrifice. As the sacrifices of the Old Testament were dead, but our bodies we're supposed to present as a living sacrifice to the Lord holy and acceptable unto God. Here's how Paul practiced that. Here's how the apostle Paul, who by the Holy Spirit gave the instruction in Romans chapter 12, in 1 Corinthians chapter nine, he tells us how he practices this. He said in verse 27, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. He said, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Subjection to what? Well, subjections to his own spirit and also in subjection to the word and to the Holy Spirit. That's what, that's what the sanctified life is all about, is keeping uh, your body in submission to the word of God, the spirit of God, and your own recreated human spirit. Now, in uh, the sixth chapter, he says this. He said, all things are lawful for me. Well, now he's not talking about things that are clearly sinful. Stealing is not lawful. He wasn't saying I can steal a little bit when I want to. He's not, no, all things are lawful. In other words, eating is lawful, but gluttony isn't. Sex is good in marriage, but it's not outside of marriage and lust is not acceptable. He said all things, all things that God has created for our pleasure and for us as, as humans to enjoy, all things he said are lawful, but notice all things are not helpful. All things are not helpful. We're talking about there are sins, but then there are weights. Remember in Hebrews, 
Let us lay aside every sin and every weight. Well, some things are not, the things that are, that are clearly sinful, that's a no-brainer. But some things just weight you down. And even though they may be permissible, when the Spirit of God begins to deal with you about it, they're no longer permissible, but because they have become weights to us and we have to lay those things aside. Notice he said, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. The margin of my Bible says all things are not profitable. All things are lawful for me. Now notice, but I will not be brought under the power of anything. That's the sanctified life. That's the person who's, who daily offers their body up to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And it is something that is that requires our attention. See, the, the, the rules of holiness that people have uh, adopted for themselves to live under become things that they no longer think about and the areas that are weights and that have become sins in their life, they don't really think about because they haven't daily put their bodies on the altar. That's what that's talking about. Well, praise the Lord. I know you're excited about that. I know you wanted to hear all about it. So now go back with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Let's read it again. I beseech you, I I urge you therefore brethren by the mercies of God. Now notice he's talking about brethren here. He's not talking to the, he's not talking to the world. He's not talking to to unsaved people. He's talking to people who have been born again and the common experience of believers in the first century of the church was they were filled with the Spirit. That was the common experience. So we can assume that they were born again and filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke with other tongues. And yet he said, I urge you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your thoughtful, rational service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm going to talk more in depth about not being conformed to this world and and being transformed in, in a little later, but I want to focus again on this part of it where it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I said last week that I doubt that there are very many Christians today that even know that there is an instruction in the New Testament about renewing their mind. I, I suspect and I suppose that if you went out on your, on your job tomorrow and just ask a couple of Christians that go to church somewhere else and just say, you know, how's your mind renewal coming? Or how, how, have you, how do you practice the renewing of your mind? Most believers will look at you like, what, what are you talking about? And yet this tells us that as believers, we have to do something with our minds. Because when you got born again, your inward man, your spirit was recreated and became a new creation in Christ. Old things were passed away, all things become new. That was in your in your inward man and your spirit, but your body wasn't affected. Your body wasn't affected. Your body still wants to go on doing what it always did. 
and your mind was not affected in the new birth. You, I, I learned that when I got back into fellowship with the Lord in 1972. I had a lot of crazy thoughts. I mean, I had, I had, I had, I had uh, accepted a lot of, of foreign and weird philosophies into my life. And when I got back into fellowship with the Lord, I really wasn't looking for a change of mind. I just was so, uh, uh, I was so burdened down with sin and, and with emptiness and, and, and just uh, 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 dissatisfaction in my heart, no peace on the inside. I just wanted peace with God. And so when I got back in the fellowship of the Lord, the peace of God came into my life again by, by renewing my, my commitment to Christ and, and believing on him and beginning to pray and, 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 and read my Bible a little bit. I, I, got, I got relief from that burden of sin, but it didn't change my thinking. Some things changed a little and then changed more over time. Some things didn't change at all in my thinking for quite a while. It was a process of getting into the Bible and like this scripture says, the renewing of your mind. Like I said, most Christians don't even know that God expects them and requires them, requires us to do something with our minds. And again, just like the presenting of our bodies as a living sacrifice, the renewing of the mind is something that is ongoing. We are, we are to continually renew our mind in line with the word of God. Because there are a lot of things in the Bible that we haven't really understood like we ought to. And there are things in our lives that I've been, I've been uh, in fellowship with the Lord since 19. Uh, 72 in the fall of 72. So what is that? 48 years. And even today I'm reading the Bible a lot of times and I, and I see something, you know what? I, I don't really, I don't know that I've ever really looked at that that way before. And what do I do? I begin to say, well, this is what the Bible says. I'm going to have to change the way I think about something. It's the constant renewing of our minds. Well, we have to we have to do that. And if you're not, if your mind is not being, not has been, if your mind is not still being renewed with the word of God and renewed according to the truth of the New Testament, you're, you're falling behind in God. Amen. He said, by the renewing of your mind. Now notice, now what, well, first of all, what does that mean? The renewing of your mind. A Greek scholar by the name of Thayer, very well-known uh, Greek authority for many years, he said this word means a renewal, a renovation, the complete change for the better of the believer's mental process, the renewing of your mind. Now notice, but be con do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to prove. That word prove means to discern. That you may discern what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, it's not my intention today to go into a lengthy 
discussion of the difference between the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Uh, That's another study altogether, but I'll point this out. Those are three different levels of the will of God. There's the good will of God, there's the acceptable will of God, and there's the perfect will of God. Say, well, what's the difference? Well, for instance, if you, if you get saved and you haven't been going to church, like, like, uh, I wasn't going to church when I got back in the fellowship of the Lord and I didn't start going back to church right away. It took me a a few weeks, a couple months, I guess, before I started going back. And, uh, I was in the good will of God in that I had gotten back with fellowship of the Lord. I was reading my Bible. And I was praying and I was fellowshipping with God. Well, that's good. It's better than not being in fellowship with the Lord. It's better than not reading your Bible and not praying. So it was good, but it wasn't acceptable. I said it was good, but it wasn't acceptable. Because I needed to start going to church. And get into fellowshipping with other people, other believers, because that's part of our growing process. It's, it's, it's how, it's Jesus's way of caring for his flock. He does it inside local churches. There is, there is no provision in the New Testament for Christians to live perpetually outside of the local church, to live their lives and not go to church. I know there are people out there who, who haven't been to church and don't, don't go to church and they say, well, I'm, I'm saved, I love the Lord Jesus and I can be just as great a Christian as anybody else and I don't believe in going to church. No, you can't, that's wrong. You're not a good Christian. I said, no, you're not a good Christian. For, to begin with, you're in disobedience. Amen. We need to fellowship with one another. So you could then go from not going to church and say, well, really, I, 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 like I did, I realized I need to start going to church. So I started going to church. Well, that would be, that would be better. It's good, but it's better. That's acceptable. But what if you don't go to the right church? <laughs> what if you don't pray about, well, I'll just drive down. A lot of, did you know a lot of people go to the church that's nearest their house? Just wherever they live, they just find a church nearby and then that's, well, well, maybe that's not the church for you. Need to find out where God wants you to go to church. Then, that, then you would move in, in that category and in that, in that uh, uh, discussion, you would move from the good to the acceptable to the perfect will of God. Get in the place that God has for you. So there are different levels of the will of God, but notice it's the renewing of your mind that makes you able to discern the will of God. You will not know the will of God for your life if you do not get your mind renewed with the word. It's impossible, let me say it this way, it's impossible to discern God's will for your life. Either the good the acceptable or the perfect will of God. It's impossible for you to discern the will of God for your life without renewing your mind. Well, I've been seeking God. I've been praying. Well, that's wonderful. God does lead us by his spirit, but he leads us, the Holy Spirit leads us in line with this. He'd say, well, you know, the Holy Spirit knows what the word says, so he can lead me in line with the word without me knowing the word. No, that's not the way it works. 
Because, because the Holy Spirit will always honor the word. He will always point you to the word. He won't just point you in a direction that without, without some basis for you to know that this is what the word of God says. It's as you feed on the word that the spirit of God, why does he do it that way? Because you're supposed to be a student of the word. You're supposed to be renewing your mind with the word. Well, the Holy Spirit's not gonna work around that. Well, I know this guy, you know, he, he's not renewing his mind with the word of God, but I'm gonna go ahead and lead him as though he was renewing his mind. He doesn't know where I'm leading him is, is, is a biblical uh, reality and that it lines up with the word. That's not the way the spirit works. You get into the word of God and then the spirit takes that word and he leads you in line with the word of God. He will always point you to the word. Well, amen. Because he's always going to exalt the word. Amen. Well, praise God. That's the truth. Hallelujah. Go with me to Isaiah, the 55th chapter. Isaiah 55. In Isaiah 55, verse number eight, the prophet said, speaking as the oracle of God, as the mouthpiece mouthpiece of God, he said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Now, friend, it doesn't have to be that way. He wants his thoughts to become our thoughts. How does his thoughts become our thoughts? Well, first of all, you have to find out what his thoughts are. His thoughts are recorded for us in, in, on ink and paper. It's right there in front of us. He's given us his word so that he will know, we will know how he thinks. Then his thoughts can become our thoughts. But here he's saying, your thoughts are not, or excuse me, my thoughts He said, are not your thoughts, now notice, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. If God's thoughts are not your thoughts, then your ways can never be God's ways. Your walk, your behavior, your, your, uh, the way you live, the things that you enjoy, your growth in Christ, your ways cannot be, they will not be God's ways, they will be your own ways. But if, but if you'll let His thoughts become your thoughts, then your ways will then become His ways. You will then begin to walk in light of God's ways. But you can't have it without his thoughts becoming your thoughts. So he said here, he said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Now notice, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So many people have their own ideas and own thoughts when it comes to the things of God 
And if you don't believe it, you just talk to somebody sometime and point out something from the word of God that, uh, that uh, doesn't line up with their theology. And they'll let you know right away that, listen, word or no word, Bible or no Bible, this is what I believe. That's an expression. Well, this is what I believe. I mean, have you ever had anybody say something? Oh, well, now this is the way I believe it. This is the way my grandma believed it. This is why my, the way my pappy believed it. And this is the way I believe it. Did you know it doesn't matter in, it, to God what your pappy believed? Well, I've, I've just got it figured out this way and this is the way I believe and this is the way I'm gonna believe. Well, your, your, your thoughts and your ways are way down here. And get a clue. Look at your life. How is it, how good, how well is that working out for you? Not very good. Because your ways are lower, weaker, less effective. They don't provide answers. There is no deliverance. It just keeps you in, in, a, in a, a babyhood state and it keeps you defeated in life. Wake up and realize that his ways and his thoughts are the highest. He said, for as the heavens are high above the earth. Well, how high are the heavens above the earth? It didn't say heaven, it said the heavens. All of the heavens. I mean, as far as you can go out there. How high is that above the earth? Well, you can't even comprehend it. It's incomprehensible how... (laughs) It's incomprehensible how foolish you are. How ignorant. Let me say it this way. How ignorant we are. I mean, it's, it's... it's supernaturally ignorant. It's beyond even understanding how dumb and ignorant and uninformed our ways and our thoughts are compared to his. And yet people want to tell you right away, well, I'm going to tell you what, this is, this is just what I believe, as if how they believe suddenly becomes scripture. Well, this is what I believe Well, the Christian who's growing in Christ humbles himself and says, God, I'm beginning to get the idea that I don't know everything. And uh, I'm going to stay open here, Lord, for you to show me something. He said, for as the heavens are high above the earth, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and snow from the heaven, from heaven, and do not turn there, but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. 
God, in another place, said that he watches over his word to perform it. He does not watch over our word to perform. He watches over his own word to perform it. And when our words line up with his words, then he has something to perform in our life. God is, God's word, the word that has gone forth from his mouth is not returning to him void because there is someone somewhere who is believing it, receiving it, acting on it, and it is producing. There are other people who aren't receiving it and who aren't acting on it and aren't obeying it and it's not producing anything in their lives, but it's producing in somebody's life. It's producing in those who understand it, believe it, and act on it. So this business of saying, well, you know, this is just what I believe. We ought to say, Lord, help me to, to know what you believe, what you think. Because when we line ourselves up with the word of God and begin, to, and, and begin to, to act on the word of God and look at it the way he sees it, become conformed to that, he then has something to work with in our life. Amen. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. This is a promise. But it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Like I said, when I got back in the fellowship with the Lord, all I wanted was peace with God. I didn't know how faith worked. Other than believing on the Lord Jesus, I'd heard that, that application of faith. I didn't know the principles of faith for getting your prayers answered. I didn't, I didn't even know that there was victory uh, other than just getting your card punched so you could go to heaven when you died. I didn't know what belonged to me. I didn't know what my rights and privileges were. Also, I didn't know anything about the sanctified life because I'd been living uh, just with my fleshly appetites controlling me. I had to get my mind renewed with the word. I had to start getting into the Bible and, and letting the Bible transform my thinking. Now go to James, the first chapter. We looked at this the other uh, previous Sunday, but I want us to look at it again. There's another aspect of this we, we didn't look into. James chapter one. Now I want you to notice in the first few verses, it opens with this greeting. He said, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. My brethren, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the, sea, of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Do not let that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now notice, he's talking to brethren. He's talking to believers. He's not talking to the lost, because he called them brethren. And, 
And he talks about the testing of your faith. So these are people who have faith and that they need patience in their life. And uh, when it comes to wisdom, he talks about how to get that. He said, let him ask in faith. So this, he's talking to believers. That's my point. This is not instructions for the lost. If you come on over in this chapter to verse 21, he's still talking to believers. He said, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. That's, that's uh, dirty living, <laughs> sinful, filthy living. He said, lay that aside. There are, I know this is a shock to you, but there are Christians in the church that are living filthy lives. Well, didn't expect a great shout. That's the truth. He said, you've got to lay these things aside. Lay aside all filthiness and overflow abundance of wickedness. Now notice, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So he's talking to Christians. If you're a believer, if you're, if you're a, bro- a brother in Christ, you have been born again. There's no other way. It's no, there's no way he wasn't talking to Christians. He was talking to people who had been born again. And yet he says, this is how you will save your souls. This is able to save your souls. So evidently their souls were not saved. Now, that, that sounds weird. And it's because most Christians and most churches uh, have a fairly shallow understanding of spiritual things. And we are spirits. We have a soul and we live in a physical body. Jesus talked about a man losing his soul. Well, if you can lose something, then it's something you possess or else you couldn't lose it. A man can lose his soul. So he is not his soul. He is not a soul. You are a spirit and you have a soul. You possess a soul which can be lost, but it can be saved. The saving of the soul, the word soul from the Greek comes from the Greek word suke. It's spelled, it's spelled P-S-U-C-H-E. It's the word that we get all of the uh, psych uh, derivatives from psychology and all of that come from that root word. And it has to do with the mind, the will, the emotions, the personality part of man. That's something we possess. And it didn't get saved in the new birth. You got saved. Your spirit was born again and your spirit man was saved. But the soulish part of man is the, is, has to do with this renewing of the mind. The renewing of the mind is how the soul gets saved. He said here, how did he he say it? He said, receive with meekness the word. The word meekness means humility, open-mindedness, being teachable. Don't sit in church. Never heard anything like that before. 
you can make fun all you want to, but I'm going to tell you, this is what I believe. <laughs> that's, not, that's not being meek before the word of God. It's not being teachable. It's not being humble. Child of God, you, you have to walk humble before God. You have to humble yourself before God. Humble yourself before the word of God. Be open to the word bringing correction in your life. Even if it causes you to change your thinking about something that, that you've, you've believed all of your life. If you find in the Bible that it's not so or that it's incomplete, you need to change your thinking. That's the renewing of your mind. He said receive with meekness, excuse me, the engrafted word, I love that. Moffat's translation says it this way. It says, make a soil of humble modesty for the word which roots itself inwardly. The word will root itself inwardly if you will be humble enough to let it change the way you think. It will begin to root itself inwardly. The Amplified Classic Translation says, can I take just a second here and talk to you about the Amplified? The Amplified Bible uh, is a great translation. It, and if you understand how it's, what the premise is, it's amplified. It, it adds some thoughts uh, that might ne- not necessarily be right in that, con- in, in that actual word, but it, it amplifies the meanings of the scripture, then it's good. And a, f- a few years ago, the, whoever has the uh, copyright decided that they needed to update it. So the new Amplified, if you go to the bookstore today or go online and download a new version of the Amplified, it's not like the old one. The words are different. They've changed some things. And it could be that I just like what I like. But I like the, so they now call the, the original Amplified the Amplified Classic. And so if you're, uh, if you're thinking about buying a new Amplified Bible, you need to be aware of that. You can possibly go online and find one of the Amplified, the original Amplified, which is now called the Amplified Classic. And I guess they, do they still sell that? The, the Amplified Classic? No, they're not actually selling, Huh? Digitally they do. Okay, so the Amplified Classic is still available digitally. So now that I've gotten that out, let's go back here to this verse. James one twenty one. the Amplified Classic says, and in humble, gentle, in a humble, gentle, modest spirit, receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted contains the power to save your soul. Or you could say to renew your mind. So you get that word in you. Feed on the word of God. Don't approach a church service. Don't approach God. And don't approach the Bible with a closed mind. Keep your mind. Now I don't mean just uh, open to keep your mind open to any. It has to line up with the word. 
But when the word identifies an area where your thinking is out of line with the word, be humble enough to, to make the change. Be humble enough to receive it. And when, if you will, remember what Jesus said about the sower and the word, when he receives it in a good and honest heart, it will bring forth fruit. And that's what we want. We want to bear fruit for God. Tradition doesn't bear fruit. Not good. Well, it bears fruit, but not good fruit. Tradition will not bear the fruit of God. It will not bring forth the will of God. Man's ideas, your old stinking thinking, like we used to say, will not produce fruit for God. Just because your grandma said it and believed it. I, I grew up, I mean, my, my grandparents were up here in my estimation. And, and I, when I got back in the fellowship of the Lord and began to study the Bible, you know, God rest their hearts. I found out some of the things they believed just flat out weren't so. That doesn't lower my estimation of them. They're hu- they were human. But it doesn't matter what Uncle Fred said. What does the Bible say? Well, amen. That you may discern that good and acceptable and move on to the perfect will of God. Go to Joshua 1.8. We'll close with this. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Do you realize that your success and your prosperity isn't up to God? It's up to you. It's up to you. If you're going to be a successful Christian, it's because, you, it's because you're going to be a successful Christian. God's not going to make you a success. His word is going to make you a success. In other words, God's not just going to move on your behalf and promote you out uh, in, uh, in, in, in uh, contradistinction to his word. I said this a week or so ago. That God has given us his word to get our thinking straightened out. And when our thinking gets straightened out, then our believing will get straightened out. And when our believing gets straightened out, then our talking will get straightened out. See, Christians are a mess today because of their mouth. (laughs) Christians are a mess today because of their mouth. You find a Christian that their lives are, are just messed up and they've just got trouble and, and all kinds of problems in their lives. Check it out. Listen to what's coming out their mouth. Bible says you are snared with the words of your mouth. You can't be talking woe and gloom and defeat and failure and fear and sickness and lack and trouble and anger and 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 all of these things you can't be talking that stuff without it bearing fruit in your life well in order to get your think 
you're, you're talking straight now. You've got to change what you believe. And the only way you can change what you believe is to change what you think. That's where it starts. It starts with the renewing of your mind. It's a journey. It was a journey for me. And it's still a journey, but it was a, it was a, it was a, uh, uh, a daunting journey, put it that way. It was a daunting journey when I first started because it seemed like every time I opened the Bible, I was getting corrected. Thank God. Thank God for correction. Some, some people believe, sometimes, some people think God's being really hard on them. Thank God. One of the best things you can do to a disobedient child is be hard on them. Well, that went over. I got one amen. Praise the Lord. The best thing you can do for a disobedient child is to be hard on them. Make them obey. Keep their nose to the grindstone, so to speak. In other words, put discipline in their life. Well, God's not going to make you do anything, but if you want to grow, you'll submit to your word, and oh boy, it will discipline you. It will discipline you. It will, it, it will force you to change the way you think. And that, that renewing of your mind begins to produce a different way to believe. It, it, when you get your mind renewed with the word of God on a topic, on a subject, it opens up uh, the, the, the ability for you to then act on what you see in faith. See, too many people are trying to act in faith and they don't know the Bible. They've got a loved one in the hospital facing death and they're trying to believe God. They're wanting to pray the prayer of faith for their loved one and, and they don't have the principles of faith in them because their minds haven't been renewed with the word of God and they're trying as hard as they can to get God to move and God is bound by his word. If God's gonna move in your life, he's gonna move in line with his word or he's not moving. If God's gonna move in our lives, he's gonna move in line with his word or he's just not gonna move. Oh God, it doesn't matter how, how, how wavy your voice is. Oh God, oh God, oh God. Doesn't move God. He's not moved by that. I'm not being, I know that sounds funny. It is a little bit, but that's not my main point. That doesn't move God. Oh, God, help me. It doesn't move God. He's, he's waiting for you to speak his word in faith. And the only way you can have that faith-filled word is to put it in your heart. And, and to do that, you're going to have to change the way you think. Amen. Well, praise God. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. We'll unhook here. I didn't start my timer up here this morning. I'm, I'm just getting started. <laughs> praise the Lord. The Lord's good, isn't he? Aren't you glad he's merciful? Aren't you glad he's patient with us? Aren't you glad 
some other person sitting on the end of the pew isn't God. <laughs> you consider how patient they are? <laughs> no, God is patient. But even in his patience, he's still not going to violate his word. He's still going to require us to act on the word. When I was, when I was real young in these things, it, 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 I, I, I remember being so frustrated at times because it seemed like God was so hard on me. I had asthma. Doug's been delivered from asthma. I've been delivered from asthma. And I would, every spring, I would suffer. Oh, man, with, with, you know, when the pollen, the spring pollen would come out, and I guess I was allergic to everything. And I, you know, I couldn't breathe, you know, wheezing. And there was a a medication, an over-the-counter medication, and it was a little small tablet. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to learn faith. I'm trying to learn how to believe God. I'm confessing my healing and I'm just doing everything I can and getting no better. And then finally, I just worn out, I'd take one of those little pills, was, I think it was called Primatine. I'd take a little Primatine tablet and in like 15 minutes, all my symptoms were gone. And I, that discouraged me so badly. So I thought, in all of my faith, I don't have, I've got this little, old, it was a tiny pill. This little tiny primatine pill has got more power in it than all of my faith that I've been feeding for months. And I, and I just couldn't, God was requiring me to act in faith. But I'll tell you, I kept pressing I kept pressing, I kept growing, I kept, and the thing that I did to my credit was I said, well, God, if this is the way it is, and this is what the Bible says, I don't, I can't explain why it's not working. I can't explain why it's not working for me, but I still believe it's true. I'm still going to believe it. I'm still going to act on it. I'm still going to say it. So the day came when I was completely delivered from asthma. I don't have asthma at all. I don't have any asthma. And I haven't had it in, 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 I don't know how long, many, 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 many years. God required me to get it according to the word, to get it, to get my faith built up, to get my, my, my believing lined up with his way. He just required it. And I thought, oh God, this is just impossible. It was, a big, it was a big stumbling stone for me. But really, I'm so glad that God was hard on me. Because if it'll work for that, it'll work for anything. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.